You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 177 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we share our favorite topicals for horses. Critter of the show is the Great Pyrenees. In Critter Nutrition, we help you choose the best poultice for your horse. And in Coffee Clutch, we ask, who is your favorite movie, TV, or cartoon dog? Join us. And I'm Patty. And this is Coach Jen. Thanks for joining us again here on Healthy Critters Radio, where we get together along about twice a month and chit-chat about all things healthy and critter. So how are you ladies doing? Haven't talked to you in a little bit. Patty, you were absent last time. Yes, I was. I think I was traveling back from uh, being in Florida for three months. (laughs) Being in Florida for three months. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. yes, Tigger got home a little bit before you. And um, Hedwig the world's only podcasting Pomeranian dog had gotten back by the time we did last month, last show. So she was on as well. So you were the only absentee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now that you are home from Wellington world, this is where we catch up and chit chat in the show. And sometimes the ladies don't come equipped with a topic. And when 99.9. they do that, <laughs> yeah. When they do that, I get to create the topic. Ha ha ha. So Patty, when you get yes. when you get back after Wellington, do your competition horses get what you might call a proper vacation? Do they take a break from competing or do they just roll right into springtime? Well, I feel like each year it's been a little it's been a little bit different um over the last couple seasons but this year we actually got home and hit the ground running we uh, just got back from a horse show last weekend so um they you know they get a little bit of time off but i don't like to let them down too much because if it gets as hot as it was last year i'd rather keep them up for a bit and then let them off a little bit through the summer because last year was was really hard so we'll do a couple shows the spring and then back so you're because you're in texas right Yes. Yes. So that makes sense. You come home, the springtime in Wellington is starting to heat up in Florida. You get back to Texas, the weather is still reasonable. So it makes sense to continue into the spring season. And then once the weather gets unbearable in Texas through the summer months, that's when you give them their break. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I, I still, I, I mean, I'm a big believer in keeping them moving because I think, you know, um, keeping them moving, keeps them sound. I mean, not, I don't work them more than, um, probably 20 or 25 minutes in the summer, but, um, well, that's, that la- I'm using last year. Cause that was epically horrible. It was over a hundred for like, I don't know, 1600 days. Um, <laughs> even though there's less, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still ride them or I'll, I'll tack walk them or I'll, you know, take him for trail rides or, you know, do something different and fun, but I don't give him, um, I very rarely give them like 
a week off at a time. I'll give them a couple days at a shot, but not yeah. that long of a time. So Tigger, when you get back from Wellington each year, you're not competing, but you are working just as hard as the competitors are uh-huh. for, for Biostar US. Yep. Do you like do you prefer to take a break when you get back or do you prefer to just like Patty said, hit the ground running and jump right back into it? Oh no. Oh no. I have a week of recovery. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> have to let have to let your brain settle down and reboot. Brain and body. I mean, the drive is brutal. Mm-hmm. And um I need to get back into the swing of the farm and kind of get my equilibrium back because Wellington is so different from farm life in Virginia that um I need to get into the the pace of the farm and mm-hmm. um yeah, my re-entry time. <laughs> <laughs> so Wellington, for anybody who's not been there, Wellington is is kind of the catch-all phrase. High oc- a high octane. It's high place. octane. And it's yeah. It is not a rural horse area like you, most of us would associate. It's smack in the middle of subdivision central. It is one uh, retirement community, golf course, hotel, you name it. It, mm-hmm. is, it is a city except for the high rises. And in the smack in the middle of it is this competition ground, which is literally a city as well. So yeah. it is very much a city high energy vibe and competitive to boot. So that makes sense that when you get back home, you have to really kind of reset your decompress, yep. your clock a little bit. Yeah. So, Patty, when your horses get home, mm-hmm. do they do a bit of a sigh of relief? Oh, we're home where it's not, where we can chill, or do they miss the hubbub? Um, or is it different for each horse? I think they. I you know I think you know we. I try very hard to pick places where we stay for the winter that the horses can be out as long as they want, which is something, um, you know, I think the biggest thing they enjoy when they get home is being able to stay out all the time, um, you know, until it gets hot. But, um, so, you know, I think so. Um, I, but I also think that, you know, like my young horse, um, he loves just interaction and watching, you know, he just likes being around other people and other horses. So, I think that he actually misses being around the hubbub. Um, but it's hard to tell with the other ones. I think they're just all happy to be able to be out and turned out for, you know, longer periods of time. Get to be country. They get to be a country mouse again instead of a city mouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we were in such a nice area that we could go um, hacking out. You know, we were, at the, we were right on the edge of the Wellington Preserve. So, which is one of the reasons why we picked that particular place. Um, so we, you know, we were on a 15 acre farm, which is quite unusual. That's huge for Wellington. Wellington. That's a huge farm. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was really nice to be able to, you know, hack all over. Yeah. Interesting. So cool. So everybody's back home safe and sound. Yep. Yep. So Mm -hmm. everybody's taking a deep breath and now we're back into it again. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And today's, today's round table topic. Our favorite topicals for horses. What inspired this topic, Tigger? <laughs> I was going through um, my uh, assorted uh, supplies in my tack room. Yeah. 
and cleaning out the expired products. <laughs> yeah, you gotta <laughs> so that's do that. And it just made me, you know, think about the stuff that I used to use. And then um, I thought, well, this would be a really good topic because, um, you know, there are newer products on the market. I mean, I had mm-hmm. an old jar of, I mean, an old uh, jug of Vetrolin. Oh, um, wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. That smell so, is so distinctive. It's so distinctive. So I just thought it would be. A good thing to, especially since Patty and you are, you know, way more up to date on it than I am. I just, based on what I see in tack rooms as popular items. So um, the one I see the most of is Soar No More these days. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's a, that, that's one of those, that's one of those products that's been on the market for Oh, I bet you twenty going on twenty years, but yeah. it's finally finally come into its own. Yeah, and I think since they point. made their you know performance liniment without, they had one or two ingredients in the classic liniment that uh, were not FEI legal, and so that they now offer you know two different kinds, which um, that was a really good move on their part. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, that's what I, in terms of liniment, that's what I see the most of. Interesting. Do you have a favorite liniment, Patty? Sore, probably sore no more. Uh, you know, I, um, I am fortunate. Um, I have a MagnaWave, um, machine. So I, a lot of times if I have horses that are sore, if I don't, I go to that first. Um, so I, um, so I'd say, which isn't a topical, but I'd say I go to that. And if that, if I need, you know, something different, I pretty much would say sore no more. I love the smell of Vetrolin. It just is, just reminds me <laughs> of the growing. Um, have, uh, what about beagle oil? Oh, I had it. I, I mean, there was hardly anything left in it, but I had, yeah. I did have a bottle of beagle oil. I loved beagle yeah. oil. Yeah. I, I I always thought beagle oil was the best. Back in the day when I was competing heavily, it was either beagle oil or vetulin. Those were the two top yep, that yep, everybody yep. used. And I always despised the smell of vetulin. And I always loved the oh, smell did? of beagle oil. Yes. It's so distinctive. And I I've always found it icky. I just don't like the smell of it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I love, I love beagle oil. I used to like dilute beagle oil and just put it all over the yeah, me too. Oh yeah. You put a big old squirt of that in a bucket of water. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, How about poultices? I can't tell you the well, last time uh, I had to use I, a poultice. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here, thank goodness. Um but I mean I just I I don't think I bought poultice in I don't know how many years. I think we had to use it. Um there was some here in the barn here and it was a sore no more one. But I mean, I um, can't even remember what particular, what was the name of the, just the normal stuff that just the normal poultice that uptight, everybody used uptight. uptight. Yes. Yeah. That back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or finish line. When I would, when I lived in Kentucky, then, people would buy the finish line brand buy the five gallon bucket. Mm. Yeah. And don't forget animal yeah. intex. Oh yeah. Well, okay. That's true. Now here, I just said all of that and I used more animal intex this past season. Well, Tigger, uh, explain what animal intex is because people who are not in um, 
English discipline, competitive, heavy parts of the universe might not have ever met an animal index. It's a poultice dressing. It's really kind of cool. It's it's yeah. cotton um, impregnated with an antiseptic and a poulticine agent. So if you can if yeah. you can if you can imagine a few layers of polyestery cottony looking stuff like you would put inside of a quilt if you were a quilt maker. Yep. But like you said, it's impregnated with a powdered antiseptic poultice. Yeah. And then you moisten it. Yeah. And then you slap it on whatever section you want to to put it on. And, and what's yeah. really cool is you can use it hot or you can use it cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It goes either way. And did you know that it's made in the United Kingdom? Yep. I did not know that. Yeah. I remember I when, I, when, when I was a youth in Pony Club, all of our learning materials, well, I shouldn't say all, a lot of our learning materials were from the British Pony Club. So a lot of the oh, stuff of in there, where you looked at it and said, um, never heard of that because we don't have the same names or the same things here. And they talked about animal lintex all the time. None of us in the Pony Club had ever seen one, ever heard of one. We had no idea what it was. <laughs> and then, it, I frankly, the first time I ever met animal lintex in the wild was when I moved to Kentucky. In Pennsylvania, wow. the tax stores just didn't carry it. It wasn't a thing. But in Kentucky, it's... It's ubiquitous. It's everywhere down there. So it's really handy if you have a place, if you have a horse that you think it's going to be hard to put it on because putting royal real poultice on can be a little tricky if you have a horse that's dancing around and trying to kick your kneecaps off. Or if you have mm-hmm. a hoof that you have it's to just slap so, it on fast, man. It's so <laughs> good for abscesses. Yeah. That's that just yeah. is And it's amazing. also good for keeping in your medical kit if you ver if you only use poultices in emergencies for example abscess uh, yeah. because it keeps mm-hmm. it's got an excellent shelf life and i've yes, learned the hard does. way that poultice yeah. in a bucket not a great shelf life Dries it doesn't out. last five yeah. years no now do you sell any of your poultices dry we used to oh you don't anymore no because oh. nobody wanted nobody them. wanted it yeah it's like no i just wanted it already <laughs> made yeah yes, maybe, you, exactly. maybe you should come up with a way to make your own your own version with your poultice that's been impregnated into the little thing. And then in a little package, I'll buy one. <laughs> you figure that out. If you could find yourself some, some non GMO cotton and cotton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll work on that, Jennifer. You're welcome. Well, yeah, I'm here for ideas, man. <laughs> How about shampoos? Oh, shampoo. Um, uh, see, I don't use shampoo that much anymore because since Nigel decided he didn't really need to sweat anymore, I tend to not use anything on his coat except water. Yeah. Um, just to preserve yeah. whatever health is in there. Um, yeah. And back in the day, if you were really hoity-toity, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, reveal my ancient redneck roots here. If you were really hoity-toity, oh, you used baby shampoo on your horse. Oh, yeah. If you were just regular redneck that. folks, you used laundry detergent on your horse. <laughs> I yeah. used Orvis. Yeah, Orvis, Orvis, was, Orvis was for show people. They'll make that. But do you remember you would buy the thing and you could, you, you'd have that tub and it would, you would have it forever. And then, forever? And then, all this, and then all of a sudden it got kind of goopy and gross in the middle of like you know, the summer and you'd be like, uh, 
This need, it needs to get cold because I don't want to stick my hand in there. Yes, it it very viscous when the weather was hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nasty. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So funny. <laughs> uh, I and I um I really got into using apple cider vinegar as mm-hmm. a rinse. Oh yeah, diluted. It was good at keeping the flies away for a short period of time. And um, I really think it, it brought out the shine and coats without having to use. Um, uh, what's that? The stuff that made the saddle slide. Oh, Shoshin. Shoshin. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. We used, we used to laugh that the, the horses would be so slick the flies couldn't land. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when that came on the market. It was it was game-changing when it first came it, on the market. It was. And I remember the mistake I made putting it in a tail. Yeah. 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 And a mane. Yeah. It gets, the, it gets knots out. You yeah, can't braid it, but you cannot not. braid it. <laughs> <laughs> there are there is one uh, governing body in endurance. It's called the North American Trail Ride Conference at ATRC. It is an offshoot from AERC, which is the official American endurance conference that they are the people that go to the FEI level. So if you compete in those, that's how you qualify to ride internationally. The NATRC wanted to tighten the rules a bit, so they moved off and created their own um, their own entity. And you're not allowed to use liniment on your horse. There's no shoshin, there's no hoof oil, there's no beagle oil, nothing. Can you use, like, could you use witch hazel or alcohol? Nope. And- nope. Wow. Nothing. Yeah, really, really strict um, rules. You can't even use shoshin, which I thought oh, was wow. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very strict. Um, and they have, they have in their rule books, they talk all about why we don't want you to do those things, which I thought was interesting. So it's actually closer to what the FEI would do because when you start competing at FEI, which is the international level, the restrictions on what you can feed your horse as well as what you can put on your horse become very, very tight, which is why people like um, Sorna more had to make a special formula right. yeah. and ingredients that were in there were perfectly innocuous to your average Joe. Things like Arnica. Hello, Arnica. But the FEI mm-hmm. decided that, nope, sorry, can't have Arnica. No, it wasn't Arnica. Arnica wasn't the problem. It was uh, Calendula. Which I think... And calendula was the problem for the USEF. Yeah. The USEF is way more strict than the FEI. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. And calendula is, I think, marigold, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been used for wound healing for a thousand years. And that's something I used. I haven't used it in a long time. I have to look if any any of our local stores carry it. Marigold spray. Equis marigold spray. And it it went off the market for quite some time because the powers that be that you are so familiar with, Tigger, being in your business, she called it fly spray because it did repel flies. They got all excited because there's no 
Right. <laughs> there was there wasn't any paid for no, research that said no, it repelled flies. Right. So right. she had to repackage everything and it was a hot mess. But I used it not so much because of the fly repelling properties, which was nice, but boy, is it nice for their coat and it doesn't have all the nasties in it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna it's have to look that up. Clean for, product. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up for Mr. Nigel because he does his coat does get kind of dry and sunburned. He lives out most of the time. And uh, he loves to be he he was a chinchilla in a former life because he really loves himself a dust bath. <laughs> real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with a hundred percent whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And speaking of taking good care of coats and scratching your head on how to do that, the, tig, the, the critter of the show, Hedwig, Hedwig took the month off, by the way, because she's yes. on her way back from Wellington as well, um, the world's only podcasting Pomeranian. So we're going to do critter of the show, and the critter Ooh. of the show is what? The Pyrenees Mountain Dog, which has Woo-hoo! quite a... Is it a Pyrenees Mountain Dog or a Great Pyrenees? Are they two different kinds of the dog, or well, are they the same dog? Hold on. Hold on and listen, and I'll share some info. (laughs) Mind blown, and we just started. (laughs) Okay, just hold on. So the Pyrenees Mountain Dog is a livestock guardian breed that is originally from France. They come from the French side of the Pyrenees Mountains. It's a breed that's widely used for livestock guardian in the French Alps, protecting flocks from coyotes, wolves, bears, etc., we here in the United States call it the Great Pyrenees. I guess they were imported in around 1930, and they called it the Great Pyrenees, um, also being used for pr- protecting livestock. Um, the Great Pyrenees is a very large, white, heavily built dog, very handsome. I'm sure both of you have seen him. Tigger, I know you've seen him. Tigger, I'm so surprised you've never had him. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Part of the reason I have to tell you, part of the reason that I I chose to do this dog is because, you know, I I have seven chickens and my husband um, wants me to get one to protect the chickens. So, and I I just want everybody to know I said a hard no. Anyway, and not because not wonderful dogs, but males can be anywhere from twenty eight to thirty two inches. That's big. Females anywhere from twenty six to thirty six inches. This is at the the weather like right behind where the neck ties into the back but they can get up to 165 pounds oh my god they are independence and protective nature they are they are quite a popular household dog not only um not only because of its size but it is the ability to protect all members of the family and they absolutely adore children they can be very wary of of new people um 
but they're very commonly they're very common in in the U.S. as a household pet, um, and also for you know for being used as a livestock guardian purposes here. Um, my, years ago, Peter had um, hunt, a, a lease on some um, uh, in West Texas, and it was I don't know fifteen thousand acres, but they there was Pyrenees all over the. Um, protecting the head goats and some other stuff but it's interesting because they there it was a shorter coated version of a pyrenees which i i'm not going to get in today but they're, they're just magnificent dogs and do a great job at, at at protecting livestock um they're known to be very calm and well-mannered but they can be a serious dog and known for great devotion to the family they are generally truly trustworthy affectionate dog but if the need arises they will not hesitate to protect their family or their territory they're not known for attacking, but intimidating. And that's like what, you know, a guardian breed is known for. Um, they're not, they're not going to go up like a Doberman and try to attack someone in very rare cases, but they'll do things to intimidate. Um, so if you're considering one of these lovely dogs, you must take that into consideration because of their size. They're not always easy for the average person to handle. So training is key. I've done a lot of research and I've heard a lot of things saying that they are very hard to train. I found most websites saying that if you get them as puppies, they're quite easy and delightful. Um, however, the, the adults can be qu quite stubborn. Um, when considering this as a pet, to keep in mind that they're a large dog with a very, very thick coat that is meant to live outside during all different types of weather. So have you guys ever pet one? Tigger, I'm sure you yes. have. Yes. Have you ever their coat? It's like, it's They're a little like bit sheep. like a sheep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very dense. Very dense. Um, so that's something to keep into consideration. Um, I could not find out if they're big time shedders or not, but I have, I did read if um, when they're using them as, um, as a livestock dog is that, I mean, obviously people that are doing that aren't out there brushing their dogs weekly, um, but it's better to not do it because it helps you know, keep the heat in the cold way because it's the way that their coat grows. Um, um, and lastly, one major thing to consider is they do bark a lot. That's how, um, that's the love language, meaning that's how, the, that's what they use. They use their barking as their number one form of intimidation. So um, they're always going to be on high alert just because it's part of what they are, even though really great infection at dogs with the whole family. Um, and it probably can make a really good, wonderful pet, but do do a little research because if I had put one in my backyard and it was barking all the time, I would have been really sad. So. <laughs> and now we're at Critter Nutrition. And the topic is choosing the best poultice for your horse. Poultices have been used for healing for over thousands of years. In fact, we could consider poultices to be one of the earliest forms of topical medicine. The ancient Egyptians used honey, tree resin, meat, and lard for poultices. The early Chinese dynasties used herbs and foods like carrots, bran, mustard, capsicum, opium, and ginger. American Indians made poultices from clays and added plants, including onions, pumpkins, bloodroot, and red clover. 
but the most popular poultice used throughout history? Mud. Hmm. For hundreds of years, horse owners have used mud and clays as poultices for their horses' legs and hooves. How do poultices work? Poultices assist the flow of debris out of an injured area, can help increase circulation, and can help remove excess fluid. This allows fresh tissue fluid to circulate into the area, bringing protective blood cells, nutrients, and oxygen to the site. Clay is clay, isn't it? Most modern commercially available poultices are made with clay. However, not all clays are alike. They also do not all work the same. Some clay clays absorb, while other clays adsorb. And some clays do both. Absorbing and adsorbing actions of clay. Clays with absorbing properties expand when wet. They act like a sponge to soak up toxins. Common absorbing clays are green iliate clay, red Moroccan clay, sea clay, bentonite clay, and kaolin clay. Clays with adsorbing properties contain molecules that adhere to the surface of another substance. In essence, adsorbing clays act like a magnet, pulling positively charged toxins to them. Calming adsorbing clays are the smectite clay family, including Fuller's Earth, Montmorillonite, and Bentonite clay. As you can see, Bentonite clay is the clay that can both absorb and adsorb. The art of the poultice. <clears throat> Traditionally, poultices are made by hand. Modern poultices have become commodities that are mass produced and blended in stainless steel industrial mixers. What's wrong with industrial mixers? Clays with adsorbing properties, the smectite clay family, including bentonite, have an electromagnetic charge that will act on the metal. This reduces the action of the clay when applied to skin. Metal does not render the clay useless, but it does reduce the osmotic benefits. Essential oils and herbs are important cofactors. The right combination of essential oils or herbs can augment the healing process of an injury and be more beneficial than clay alone. If you need stronger anti-inflammatory or antibacterial effects, then choose a poultice that combines clay with therapeutic essential oils and plants. However, if you are using a leg poultice as you would a liniment or brace on your horse's legs after training, a plain bentonite clay will work. Blended clays. Many premixed commercial poultices for horses provide a single clay, such as bentonite or kaolin. However, bentonite or kaolin clay can be blended with an absorbing clay like sea clay, Moroccan clay, or French green clay to increase the anti-inflammatory and rejuvenating properties these clays provide. Some clays, like bentonite, can be irritating to the skin if used alone. So blended clays are often beneficial for horses with sensitive skin. 
wound poultices. The tradition of wound poultices goes back thousands of years. A wound poultice combined with antibiotic and antifungal medication can speed healing. For a deep open wound, use a wound poultice around the affected area, but not in the wound itself. Apply the poultice around the outside of the wound and surrounding tissues. Use topical antiseptic and antibiotics in the wound. A poultice for wound does not need to be wrapped. Just apply and let the poultice draw and then dry. Clean and reapply two to three times per day as needed. Often after two applications of poultice, you will see a noticeable reduction in swelling. For abrasions, summer sores, scratches, nicks and bruises, you can apply a wound poultice directly on the area. You do not need to wrap. Hook packing and hook poultices. If you are treating a hoof abscess, you want a warming poultice to draw out the infection. You can make one at home with Epsom salts and bran mixed together with hot but not boiling water. The consistency should be like porridge. Use two tablespoons of Epsom salt to one liter of water and then add bran. You can add a few drops of tea tree oil for its antimicrobial properties. For this poultice, you do need to wrap to maintain the drawing properties. For, soul, for sore soles, use a bentonite clay with another absorbing clay, such as sea clay. Commercial poultices that contain arnica extract are beneficial for sore soles. Plantain leaf powder is a time-honored herb for sore feet. You can mix it with some dry clays, such as bentonite and kaolin, add apple cider vinegar to get a nice thick consist consistency. Leg and muscle poultices. Poultices can be applied to a horse's legs after workout or competition to reduce strain and inflammation. Liniments work on the principle of cooling. Poultices work on the principle of drawing out fluids from an area. If your horse needs compression support, apply the poultice to his legs and wrap. You can use soaked brown paper over the poultice, then standing wraps. This prevents stocking up. If your horse doesn't need compression, just apply poultice to the leg and don't wrap it. Let the poultice dry and then either brush off the dry poultice or wash it off. One of the advantages of not wrapping a leg poultice is that you can turn your horse out with the poultice on, giving your horse's legs the additional circulatory support of moving around the paddock. The earth element of poultice. Clays are earth elements. Clay is created during the cycle of rock formation. The composition of clays includes macro and microminicals and silicates such as silicon and oxygen. Clays such as bentonite are actually formed from volcanic ash. Animals and humans have a particular resonance with earth elements for healing. Earth elements act as purifiers, connecting us to the earth's forces and energies. Potters who work with clay often describe a spiritual connection and therapeutic result from working with clay. Applying a poultice can give us a grounding feeling, a connection with the earth. The clay is pliable, moving to our wishes. In our fast-paced and often stressed lives, spending time in the application of a poultice can be healing and rejuvenating to us as well as to our horses. Skin irritations. It's not uncommon to apply a poultice to a horse in hot, humid weather, only to later discover that it's caused a skin reaction. The fact is, single clay poultices can be harsh on the skin, 
especially for sensitive horses. That's a major difference between Biostar's artisan poultices and other poultices. We blend different clays together with apple cider vinegar and emollients, such as coconut and calendula oil, resulting in a poultice that won't cause skin reactions or aggravate skin sensitivities. Biostar's artisan poultices are made by hand without metal implements. We combine a variety of clays for their absorbing and adsorbing properties. Biostar poultices include specific supportive essential oils, plant powders, and apple cider vinegar. These poultices are designed for thin layer application. While a heavier, thick application can be applied, it is not necessary. Biostar's poultices are hoof and sole, Origin LLM, which is for lumbar, limb, and muscles, and our Tremera artisan poultices for wounds, abrasions, stings, hives, scratches, and sores. Okay, important question. Yes. So for bug bites, okay, Central Florida, heat of the summer, nothing that comes out of a tub that's a topical product for a wound stays on a horse down here. It's too freaking hot. So I can use the Tromera for the myriad of little nicks and cuts and scrapes and bug bites that they get all the time. You got it. Awesome. Now, my next question is, um, when they go through long periods of not getting hurt, that does happen every so often. (laughs) What's the best way to store it once it's been opened so it doesn't go dry again? And if it goes dry, can I just add water? A lot of questions. Um, I would be, uh, our poultices don't tend to go super dry. You could certainly, I would add apple cider vinegar, which hazel or something. Okay. Rather than water. Okay. Yeah. If it gets crunchy. All right. Um, one of the things we used to do with pol- with regular poultice back in the day is we would put a piece of glad saran wrap or saran wrap directly on the clay top itself. Is that something that I shouldn't do with this type of cl- with of poultice? Uh, you know what? I don't know the answer. Oh, okay. I think I, this is what I would suggest. Okay. Get the Tremera, put the Saran wrap over it, see what it does to it. If it, if it affects it in a negative way, let us know and we'll just send you another Tremera. We'll do a test. Yeah, we'll do a okay. test. Okay. Because it, it the place where my medicine cabinet lives is not climate controlled. So anything that needs climate controlled actually has to live in the bottom drawer of my desk office office desk. <laughs> so I have I have some silver sulfadine spray down there. And <laughs> well, I, 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 I would probably if you were gonna. Just use Tremera for a few days, and after you used it, I would take it back and put stuff it, it back in. in there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I can do that. And it it comes in a nice handy dandy size. Yes, it does. Rather than yes, the, it does. it's not a big heavy bucket. It's not the giant bucket that your yeah, grandma's poultice comes pounds. in. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So there we go. Tremera. Yeah, that's gonna work great for boo boos down here. It'll yeah. stick. It will stick. And it doesn't have any of the nasty stuff in it. Nope. I like, I like it. Thanks. Our question today in Coffee Clatch is, who is your favorite TV or movie or cartoon dog? Patty? 
Uh, she hates um, it when you ask her first. That's <laughs> why I'm just like I'm like I um I don't watch cartoons. I don't know um um Snoopy. Snoopy. Oh, that was my choice. You asked for Tigger. <laughs> you, you, Tigger, you walked to that. Okay. I oh, did. So <laughs> I mean, Lassie okay. crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lassie. Uh, God bless her. And um, I did think of um, Scooby Doo. Ruh, ruh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Goofy, but Goofy, Goofy kind of drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little too Goofy. Yeah. He's a close talker, Goofy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jen, how about you? I have so many. Oh, wow. So many. So funny. Underdog. <laughs> because of the song. Oh. Uh, yes, Speed of, of lightning, power of thunder. <laughs> Riding on who? Rob and plunder. Underdog. Yes, most because of that. We liked, our family liked the underdog cartoon so much that his his gal, he had a crush on the local news reporter who invariably showed up wherever he was causing trouble. And her name was Sweet Polly Purebred. And we named one oh. of our ponies Polly Purebred. Oh, that's cute. Aww. And she was a mutt, which Aww, was but- made it uh, rather ironic. So that's one of them. Let's see what else. Uh, Rocky J. Rocket J. Squirrel. Rocky the Flying but Squirrel. That's not oh, a yeah. dog. It it could be. That's not a dog. It's okay. Rocky J. Squirrel. He's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I love Rocky. Yeah. One of my favorites. But he's not a dog. That's okay. Yeah, she's just mad it's, that you it's said who it. Who is your <laughs> favorite TV movie or cartoon dog? It's okay. Not Rocky J. Squirrel could have been a dog. He's awesome. <laughs> However, awesome. from that show, there was a great dog. Sherman. Mr. Well, not Sherman. Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. Yeah, Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. See, I liked Rocky Rocky better because Mr. Peabody was just a little bit snarky. Yeah, he was just a little bit snarky. Now he was he he was the smartest smartest creature on earth according <laughs> to his biography. So he was allowed to be a little bit snarky. But I respected Rocket J Squirrel because his best buddy Bullwinkle was the ultimate <laughs> screw up. Doofus. Doofus. Ultimate doofus. And he never talked down to Bullwinkle. He was always no. he always had Bullwinkle's back and I liked always. Rocket for that. Always. Yeah. Absolutely. You and I love so Trap from Lady in the Trap. I didn't like ladies oh, yeah. so much, but I really liked Tramp. I came late to the Lady in Tra- the Tramp thing. I never saw that when it came out in theaters. Now, Up. Famous movie oh, with Doug. The oh. best dog Doug ever. Doug. <laughs> right? Yeah. Doug from Up is pretty well, darn special. That, Squirrel, yeah, good. Yes, <laughs> he 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 really upped the game for animated dogs. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And, and I mean, is there anything more classic than Old Yeller? Oh, saddest movie oh, ever. Saddest. Yeah. yeah don't movie ever. Don't watch that movie with your children, people. No, <laughs> no. They'll be damaged for life. Yeah. 
That yeah. and the yearling. They did wrong, wrong titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. They need to have trigger alerts at the beginning of them. Yeah, true. And Rin Tin Tin. Don't forget Rin Tin Tin. Oh, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. That made yeah. German Shepherds really popular. Yeah, it did for German Shepherds what the Dalmatians <laughs> did for Dalmatians. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I never liked 101 Dalmatians. It's got a kind of a creepy, no, creepy thing going, doesn't it? That yes. undertone yeah, no, of it, I'm going to make those puppies into a coat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, all I could think of, I remember growing up, 101 Dalmatians, was that poor mama dog. Oh! That's all I could think of. Is oh, how I did she do that? That poor well, she mama didn't dog. Have, she didn't have all those puppies. Remember, well, they didn't explain cor- that clearly in the movie. Corella had bought all these puppies. They did not explain that clearly in the movie. So I was damaged. That poor mama, pu- oh, mama dog had, a hun- had to whelp 101 puppies. Oh, God. <laughs> That's funny. I, I actually watched the animated remake of it was it was there an anime was, no it was a live action the live thought. action remake of it and <laughs> the mildly creepy gonna make him into coats undertone i could tell that they were trying to kind of push that Minimize away from the storyline it. it was even worse it, I'm just, it couldn't it didn't work for me I'm, oh, just, wow. I'm just ruined i'm just ruined and i love me a dalmatian yeah mm. mm-hmm. they're great dogs yeah, my one of my good friends has, I think three of them, three Dalmatians. Wow, they're just so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they do. It's what they do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Snoopy is the coolest beagle on the planet. Yes, he True. is. I remember watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Of course. Is it the Charlie? It's the is it the Charlie? No, it's the Halloween special where he's flying his yeah. up with camel, right? He's on his doghouse. Well, no, that's Christmas. Is that the Christmas special that he's, he's doing? He's fighting that? the Red Baron. That's right. He's fighting the Red Baron. I was traumatized by that because I thought he was having a hallucinogenic episode. I kid you not. When I was a kid, at that time, the first time I saw it, my mom was studying abnormal psychology in college, and she would bring her homework home, and we'd talk about it. At the kitchen table, because oh. that's the way our family works. <laughs> I was watching that, and I didn't get that he was dreaming that. It didn't sink in. Oh. And I thought he was having kind of a break with reality. I was really worried about poor old Snoopy. <laughs> you know, my oh, favorite that, Christmas oh. song is the Buckingham's song about Snoopy and the Red Baron. Absolutely. It's, it's a goodie. It's, it's, it's just as good as Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. It it's not it's they're, not the it's not the earworm that grandma got run over by a reindeer. No, it's no, yeah, it doesn't no. do that to you. You you, got, you need to look up a song called Brenda. Put your bra on. That's that's speaking of songs. It's a really silly, silly, silly song. Brenda, put your have bra you ever heard on. That? I've never heard of that. Brenda, but yeah, it's hysterical. Okay, it's gonna hysterical. Google that. I love me a yeah. Uh, I love me a good earworm. Love me a good earworm. There we go. So if you have a favorite cartoon dog or a squirrel, I'm putting or that out TV there. Or TV or movie dog. Or TV or movie dog. We want to hear about it. Go on over to Facebook. 
Health Recruiters Radio on Facebook. Yes, the podcast has its own Facebook page. Yes, it does. And tell us about it. Or if you have a cute dog, put a picture of him up there. We'd love to see Yeah. It. Benji. Mm-hmm. We forgot Benji. Benji. There you go. Benji. Did you know the guy that wrote no. Benji is a horse guy? No. Didn't no. know that, did you? Look him up. No. And we forgot the incredible journey. Oh, that was terrifying. Those poor dogs. And the cat. And the cat. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think the cat Milo pulled his weight. I didn't. Uh. <laughs> well, who's surprised? <laughs> it's a cat. You're right. They were making it. Make. They were making it accurate. Good. Point. Yeah. Never very. Until now. Very good. Or point. that slobbery dog with Tom Hanks. Uh, Turner and uh, Hooch. Uh, yes. Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Oh, the slobber. Ugh. Can't do the slobber. Uh, yeah. Well, folks, that. we're gonna wrap it okay. up today. We're gonna come yep. back again in in a couple of weeks. Talk about horse things again, healthy critter things again. If you've got topics you would love to hear us cover on the Healthy Critters Radio Show, yeah, again, post it on our Facebook page. Post it on the Facebook page because we let we talk about all things healthy and critter, and that's that covers a lot of ground. So we would love to hear yes, about it. it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So we'll see you next time, folks. Okie doke. <laughs>